Oh, you know, Jack, I was a lot happier to be on this microphone after a Lions victory versus a Lions loss last week. I'll tell you what. Oh, man. So much so much sweeter on Monday being a champion. So much better. Your so week much better. on Monday, based on... This is just me personally, but maybe you guys relate to this. Your Mondays, it's... When you wake up Monday morning, you know, it's never great. You got the work week and everything, but when your NFL team won on Sunday or your fantasy team won... It's just a little bit easier to get out of bed that, little, that Monday morning, I think. It's just a little sweeter. Just a little, just a little bit better. Your yeah. breakfast tastes a little bit better Monday morning <laughs> versus when you're at 6 o'clock in the morning and you're eating your oatmeal and you lost. It's like, oh, God. But yeah. Anyways, um, I'm so happy football season's back regardless. A lot of good games this weekend in the NFL, NCAA, Colorado, Colorado State was crazy. I didn't even stay up to watch the whole thing, but <laughs> I think it's so cool how Colorado is such a big spotlight now. Yeah, I didn't even get I didn't get to watch that game, but um, I'll probably watch the highlights tonight. I heard it was crazy. I got to run the highlights, too, at some point this week in full. But uh, good week of whiffs, too. D-backs took on the Magic. D-backs needed to win all three to get the one seed, and the Magic didn't have Grant. But against all odds, the Magic got the job done for me and the Mallards, and we got the, got the one seed, so I'm pretty pumped about that. So we're going to break down that series today. AJ Ackerman is going to join us uh, to go into detail on the series as well as his coming into the league and what his experience has been like. And uh, other than that, going to be a great episode as always. So this is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pipe It Up podcast, the official podcast of MLW Wiffle Ball. And this week I am virtually joined by both Jack Agner and AJ Ackerman, first time Pipe It Up podcast guest. Thanks for joining me, fellas. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, AJ. Thanks for having me. This is probably the most MLW fans have ever and maybe will ever hear AJ speak. I don't know. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say you're a super talkative guy, but you're, you're a nice dude. I, I got to know you a little bit throughout the the, uh, the weeks at the the Meadows. I will say, AJ, one of the funniest things, and I honestly related to it, was I forget which series it was. I think it was your guys' second or third of the year. It was before the All-Star break, I know. And it was somebody's birthday at the field. Maybe it was Jimmy's. I can't remember who. But then, like, under your breath, I heard you say, like, something about your birthday. And I was like, oh, yeah, when's your birthday? And you're like, it's today. I was like, today's your birthday? You're like, yeah. I was like, happy birthday. And you're like, thanks. And you, just, you just didn't want to broadcast that to anybody. And I found it hilarious because I feel the same way on my birthday. Yeah. it's For some reason, I've just never been a big, like, birthday celebration guy. I don't know. What's your take on that, Jack? I don't know what it is. It's just. Yeah. Uh, my take on AJ not being a birthday guy? Just, or be, just just people being a birthday or not a birthday guy in general. Yeah. Um, I feel like generally speaking, uh, you get to a certain age where the birthdays are, are less exciting and it's more like, yeah, it's my birthday. <laughs> you know, like it's just another year here uh, versus when you're kind of in, in those teenagers, it's like that's all you can think about is your birthday. I don't know if AJ was was different as a young as a young lad but oh no he's he's shaking his head no he's always hated celebrating his own birthday so here's my deal with it and aj let me know if you agree or disagree but i think the problem that i have is yeah yeah sure some of your like family members or best friends will know when it's your birthday and you'll receive those happy birthday texts but i don't want to be the guy who like walks into a room and's like it's my birthday like just to get the happy birthdays back i don't know to me it's like uncomfortable like you're seeking attention almost and i'm not much of an attention seeker at all um you guys might think differently because i am a, a quote-unquote youtuber but i don't know to me just like 
bringing up that it's your birthday to then get the happy birthday back, I find just to be awkward for me. I don't know why that is, but I, I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't, It just, especially like this week, I think it was on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I got to go to work tomorrow. And it's, it just doesn't, it didn't feel like a, I don't know. It doesn't feel like a special day. I, I don't know. It's just another day. I, I'm with you. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. The the people who announce it are also the ones that get offended when like you don't say happy birthday. Like if if you knew it was, you know, someone's birthday but maybe like you weren't that close to them and it wouldn't really make sense to go out of your way to like wish them a happy birthday. You know, mm-hmm. they might they might be offended by that. I was never someone that was like expecting a birthday call or text like from anyone. And some but some people do. Some people, you know, they don't get it from that certain someone like they're gonna remember <laughs> that like you you didn't wish me happy birthday <laughs> i mean yeah i don't know i've never been like that though when it's your friends i guess sometimes it does stink but once again if i'm not gonna broadcast it's my birthday i can't be mad at somebody else for not wishing me a happy birthday you know what i mean that's kind of on myself right. i guess right so i don't know birthdays come birthdays go like aj said for most people out there um in my case may 11th is just another normal day of the year um in the springtime so i don't see why i should really make it a big deal i guess it's nice to you know go out maybe grab dinner with family or friends on that particular day but other than that uh just another day on the calendar year man for 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 everybody else besides yourself just another year closer to death Another year. Well, okay. Oh. Come on, Jack. Let's be a little bit optimistic. Let's be a little bit optimistic here. We're another year to look jokes, back and jokes. celebrate what you've accomplished I'm joking. in life. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but, anyways, guys, uh, once again, thanks for joining the show. Fresh off a big win. It was a series loss, but there was a particular game in there, game two, we're going to focus on mostly today. Uh, that was a big win for you guys. No Grant Miller at the Meadows for the D-backs versus Magic Series. Big, big loss. I'm sure that one kind of stung for the both of you heading into it. I was bummed that Grant couldn't be there, number one, because I know you know how much he he wants to be there and show up and, and play the games, obviously. But um, I was also excited a little bit. Maybe maybe AJ would would agree with me. I think it was a really good opportunity for our team to kind of show what we were made of uh, other than Grant. You know, we've gotten um, a lot of, a lot of flack, I guess I would say, or, you know, we've seen the stats and the comments. Grant's clearly been a big part of our offensive production this year. And, um, you know, not having him there at the Meadows, I think gave a lot of people, uh, including AJ here, you know, some time to shine. Yeah, it was, it's tough because he's not only such a good player, but he's also just so helpful and, and really just a great dude all around. So anytime he comes, he always lights up, lights up the field. Uh, so beyond that, but yeah, it was, it was nice to just get to play all three. You know, it's, it's one of those sports where it's, you have to get reps. I mean, it is, that's <laughs> so hard. Uh, but yeah, so seeing pitching is always nice. Getting to face Norp and uh, Flood, two really good pitchers. So it, it, yeah, it's good to see good pitching. Just glad I could at least get one or two hits. Well, that's what I was gonna say. But yeah, I mean, at the plate this year, it's been a slow start for most of the Magic roster outside of Grant Miller. 
But 100%. AJ yeah. in this series, that was a big moment. That was very much like a nail in the coffin home run in that second game to pretty much solidify your guys' win in that game with RJ on the mound, which would in turn eliminate the D-backs from the one-seed contention. So that's going to put them in the NLDS. So that was a big moment. And it was, um, for those of you that remember the the Curdy home run off of Norp two years ago that saved the Magic's playoff hopes. In this case, it wasn't quite that drastic for you guys. But... It was it, the two moments were very very similar, guys. If you go back and watch, in 2021, I want to say it was Jonah Heath on the mound for the D-backs, and the D-backs wanted to win that game to get themselves the one seed, and then Heath walked a few batters, and then Nort put himself into the game thinking he could close it out, and then Curdy hit the walk-off bomb. Whereas in this case, Norp came in uh, for flood, and then AJ, you happen to be the hero for the Magic. But overall, AJ, I, I just think that. Uh, you know, watching you at the Meadows, you do put decent swings on the ball. Um, objectively speaking, probably better swings than Jack does at times. Sure, Jack might get a hold of a few more than you do, but I think AJ's swing might look a little prettier. Time, time will tell. <laughs> time will tell. Time will tell. But have you, despite the numbers not being that great, I think you're only hitting a buck twenty-five right now. Do you feel like you're beginning to get more confident at the plate? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just. It's so, again, it's so unique. It's, it's complete, you know, I have a baseball background like a lot of these kids do or, and who play here, but it's just so much different in the movement, your swing path. I, I mean, so yeah, it's just kind of adjusting to the pitching, seeing kind of pitching tendencies, having both Grant, Grant and RJ actually pitch up or pick up pitchers kind of tells and uh, tendencies really well. So it's nice to always have them in my ear kind of giving me help with with some of their tendencies and stuff like that so yeah it's just kind of finding starting to find some barrels and stuff like that and not striking out looking consistently swinging the bat is helpful okay but yeah no swinging the bat's helpful <laughs> yeah yeah it, uh, it, that's typically how you make contact okay noted <laughs> keep that one in mind heading the postseason myself yeah yeah i think that i think that um to, to AJ's point, like having a guy like Grant be there was is you know his, his production aside, uh, what he's been able to do from like a communication standpoint and helping us all out in terms of what what the pitcher's throwing, what he's you know looking for, trying to do, um, just things that we're picking up like throughout the games and series. I feel like what he was able to do with that through the first like four series. You know, we were having similar discussions throughout this series where, he, you know, he wasn't there, um, but we were able to kind of like soak up some of that knowledge and, and use it as a team. Whereas like in years past, I don't think we've we've had that. Like I've tried to do some of that, but I don't have anywhere even close to the, you know, amounts of of experience and knowledge when it comes to facing pitchers, whether it be in in baseball or wiffle ball. Um so I think from a, a collective standpoint, you know, like a guy like AJ, who's who, who who's had a background in, um, I mean, just putting it simply as like tracking a moving object and hitting it with another object. Like he, he, he has that, he has that ability. We know he has that ability. It's just like being able to transition from the differences of, of playing baseball to wiffle ball. And we've seen a lot of, we've seen a lot of people come into this league and come and go. And it's, I, I always find it really interesting with the, with the guys who play baseball, having not been a baseball person. Like I have the hand eye from 
you know, lacrosse in a sense, but it's not the same as, as wiffle ball and baseball. But we've seen some baseball guys pick it up really, really quickly. Others haven't picked it up at all. And some and, and a lot of the guys fall, you know, somewhere in the middle there. And so from a manager standpoint, I think AJ, you know, would agree. It was it was nice too. We knew the we knew the potential was there, right? It was just finally getting around to it and putting some uh putting some barrels on the ball. Plus, yeah, in this case, you guys happen to be facing Jimmy Norp in this series as well as Trey Flood, but I wanted to highlight Norp uh, mostly. Uh, I feel like he had one of his better days in the mound this year in terms of the movement. Uh, he was really getting that drop ball, the tumble, the riser was good, the slider was good, and this is a team, you know, Kyle mentioned how it could be a World Series preview if you guys were to get there and the D-backs can uh, finish strong again in the playoffs like they have in the past two years. Do you guys see him, the D-backs, as a threat? I mean, you beat him without Grant once, but just what did you learn from this matchup and what can you take forward if you were to play them again? I mean, obviously they're a threat. <laughs> they're so good, but... Yeah, I mean, we stacked up. I felt like we were competitive the two games we even lost. I mean, we won one. So, I mean, you at Grant, I mean, he's borderline a home run. I don't know. I don't know his exact stats, but it feels like he hits a home run every other game. Mm. So, I mean, that, that type of offense combined with the rest of the guys, you know, below him were heating up a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, obviously there's no reason that we wouldn't, you know, compete and aim to win against them, but... Yeah, they're obviously a threat. They're so good. So, and even again, like everyone, uh, everyone on their team almost hit really well too. That the series we played against them, so it was a pretty, it was pretty deep rosters all around. Jack, what was a bigger loss? You think Travis Kelsey not being on the Chiefs for Week One against the Lions, or Grant Miller not being there for you guys in the Magic taking on the D backs? <laughs> um, that's tough because I, I I would say it was Kelsey, but I don't want to you know, diminish the Lions win at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I, I think, um, you know, what AJ said is, is very true. We, we definitely going into the series knew that, um, there was a more than more than likely chance that we would see that Diamondbacks team again. And, uh, we considered that, you know, going into the series, um, I mentioned it, uh, in our, in our pre-recorded podcast that we, we discussed the uh, playoff predictions that mm -hmm. we have. Um, but Jimmy actually made a comment before this series when I said, you know, Grant wasn't going to be able to show up on how he wasn't. And I, I was bummed because I wanted Grant to be able to, you know, get some eyes on the yeah. Diamondbacks pitchers. And uh, Jimmy said, you know, he was going to walk him, walk him anyway, <laughs> every time, regardless. Uh, so, you know, on that note, I felt like we were able to, get enough guys on base to have a chance. Like we left a lot of runners out there, um, especially in game three, which was kind of, you know, just a sort of a, a fun game for both sides as it, as it didn't really mean much, but um, you know, having grant being able to, to get those runs in would definitely make a huge difference. But walking away from that series, I felt like, Hey, with our pitching, you know, we can beat anyone. And if we have, if we have Grant there on top of what we were able to do that day, you know, I, I really like our chances if if we do end up seeing them again. Yeah, I mean, this series honestly impressed me too. Once again, like AJ said, you guys lost the series two out of three, did win the game you needed to, and competed all series long. That first game was one nothing solo shot from Norp. But I feel like I kind of learned a lot too because I look at you guys, and this is nothing personal, of course, but I'm just looking at you. 
um, as an observer of the league. And, of course, I see Grant's bat as a huge threat. But I see the rest of your lineup, um, guys like Curdy, uh, AJ, you, Jack. Uh, we also see the bat of Bonham in there from time to time. Usually you guys run four guys, so usually one of those three, one of those four that I mentioned besides Grant is usually sitting. But anyways, um, there's no really way to sugarcoat this, but I, I see some ugly swings throughout that lineup, you know, besides Grant. I see um, every single one of you guys have taken some cuts where I'm like, oof, I don't know, man. Like, I know Grant's terrific and RJ's been pitching so good, but how is this team going to stack up in, in must-win games? And uh, so seeing you guys go out there and grind out ABs and everyone was kind of putting bat on ball. Jack, you hit another home run. AJ, you go yard for the first time. I was like, maybe this Magic team does have something that I'm <laughs> I'm unaware of because it seems like uh, you guys strike when I least expect it, which was even a trend before you got Grant and RJ. But now with those two tools, you know, with a pitcher who can throw a shutout on any given day, with a guy who can go yard in any at bat, I think those moments of the the role players doing things like what you two did in game two uh, is is magnified to enough where it can make a big difference. My comment on the uh, the ugly swings, which which hey, I've taken I my fair share of ugly wait, wait, swings wait, wait, too. Wait, I've wait, taken wait. my fair I, share too, Jack. No, I, <laughs> hang on. I just wanted to put out there is a hundred percent true. We might have we might have collectively between me and Curdy the <laughs> ugliest swings. In MLW <laughs> on a team, uh, Grant Grant and AJ definitely balance that out. Trevor's somewhere in the middle there. I, yeah, I think Trevor he's got a pretty standard hands. swing. He does. Um, but I guess you know what I would say to that is the classic mantra of like wins a win or like hits a hit. Mm-hmm. Like it really doesn't matter what your swing looks like. Ultimately, if we're able to you know produce at the plate, and um, I also think of a guy like you know, who you would be from very familiar with in Noah Dabrico. Yep. Not a very, not a very, uh, uh, pretty swing by any means, but man, did he get the job done? And his name's definitely somewhere in the record books in MLW. Jack, I'd even put modern day Tom Coggan in that category. I mean, my swing's not very great either. I, I would like to think it looks better than Curdy's. I hope so, but I wouldn't say it's beautiful <laughs> by any means. Grant has probably the prettiest swing in MLW. I think it might be a unanimous vote. Jordan's up there too. Kyle Schultz. But Grant is just is butter. Pitchka's a oh Pitchka, you're right. Pitchka's right Pitchka, there too. Sorry, God, he hits the ball hard. No, he's got a beautiful swing. I w- I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm. It's it, I honestly think it's the uh, uh, the golf like like playing a, a lot of golf. I th- I think really hurts <laughs> wiffle ball swings. It might. I I've seen plenty of baseball players that play golf growing up that do have pretty baseball swings too. So, but every guy's different, of course. Every guy's different. But Jack, you're kind of yeah. you're kind of heating up here as of late. I've got since game two in St. Louis against the Cobras, I've got you at four for eighteen with three bombs, seven RBIs. Not a, not a bad stat line for a guy like yourself. You're, you're kind of getting hot here at the right time. Uh, what's been the difference for you, in your opinion? I mean, I'll just call it how it is. Like I think it just takes me. It, it, it like AJ said, it's just a rep thing. You know, last year I didn't really get to participate in the majority of our our games um i mean i might have had shoot like 10 at bats on the year or something i don't even remember i'd have to look at the numbers but it's not a lot um and i think i you know just as like time goes on in in any sport or like as the game as it you know even an individual game would go on um i always felt like i could you know, adapt well on the fly. And like, if you, if you look at, uh, I'm also a big, big advocate for watching film, not only like on, 
on an opponent in any sport, but like yourself. And if you guys go back and watch like, uh, like my batting stance and like posture and everything from like the first two series and then like what it was against the Diamondbacks. I mean, you guys will see like what, what is different. Cause honestly, I would go back and watch those videos from like the first couple series and just be like, what am I doing? Like, I, I didn't really, I don't have that baseball background. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's like, if I'm not thinking about the proper way to set up, like I'm setting up wrong and it's just, you know, um, not working for me. And so just kind of like looking at some old footage of, you know, older MLW days and like what was working for me, um, trying to get back to that, trying to just be more, more patient on, the, the swings that, or, you know, the, the pitches that I'm taking, uh, swings at, um, I mean, again, the stats don't lie. Like I, I, I'm, I'm a guy that tends to chase rather than walk in this league. Uh, and so just like being more disciplined and waiting for the ones that are actually in the wheelhouse to, to get a hit. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Schultz was, uh, indirect tweeting you there that mic'd up, I think. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was definitely, he was definitely watching, uh, that at bat. <laughs> it's so hard, man, because like the video just makes you look so much worse because the 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 pitches that are so far away from the zone, like a lot of them when you're up there and at the speed that it's coming in, like do not look like they're that far away from the zone or like your swing. And um, the other thing is like a lot of guys, for example, you know, AJ, like he, he's a taller guy, like for a pitch to be above the zone doesn't necessarily mean that like he can't hit that. True. Um, a lot, a lot of guys, like a lot of guys can, you know, get home runs or hits off, um, balls that, you know, wouldn't have otherwise hit the strike zone. Um, but they're aggressive and they know their spots and when they can, when they can take those swings. Um, so I think it's just like balancing that, you know, finding when to, when to be aggressive there and when to, you know, be a little bit more conservative, let the pitcher make mistakes. Yeah. AJ, you have experience in the wiffle ball category from our tournaments. You played with Brendan Baranowski, I think starting in 2019 or 2020 at a wiffle in the mitten tournament. How did you hit at those events? I don't really remember particularly how you did. I hit pretty well my first two or three. And then when we moved, we moved, into the not the first time we moved indoors but i think the last two tournaments i have actually struggled because it's so last year was so much i guess not this past tournament the tournament before it was a lot of it was basically walk or strikeout it was a lot of kids just throwing as hard kind of as hard as they can and they didn't have much control of the balls i don't know i think there was something like they're i don't know why they didn't like they didn't like how they were moving or something and then this year's, we just didn't make it very far. <laughs> I think I walked. A, I think I walked a little bit and then got like one hit. I think as a team we only had like four hits or something on the tournament. So yeah, it's 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 basically the level of competition has went up, and as that started happening, I've started struggling more. Is really how simple it is. Story of my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, when was that? So you guys, I think you played at the first ever Wiffle in the Mitten at Legacy. Was that in 2019 or so? 
I think that was our first, yeah. And what was the squad? It was the Baranowski brothers, you, and then was there a fourth member? Yes, it's always uh, Brady the Bat. Brady. Has, has always been our okay. fourth, yeah. And was it uh, after, I think, the second year was when Baron got drafted, because he got drafted in 2021. Um, was it, were you a little upset that you weren't in that, on that draft board in that conversation or what were your thoughts on him entering the MLW space? And I guess how familiar even were you with what MLW was from a league standpoint? I, I wasn't familiar at all. If I, I knew, I obviously knew you guys put on the event, but I wasn't familiar with how big it was, kind of the events that you guys threw. Um, I didn't know you had a field, if I'm going to be honest, Brendan told, <laughs> drove me to the meadows that year. Oh, and really? showed me the field, yeah, and that was pretty. That was pretty cool to see, or I guess where you play. I think you take it all. It was taken down or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it was kind of. I mean, that's what he Brendan loves. Wolf. I mean, he like he that's that's his sport. That's I mean, he played hockey when he was younger, but he loves it, and he had always he watched that stuff, and so it was it was actually cool to see. It was cool to see him get drafted into that, and then Chris and I followed a couple of years later, and. Yeah, I don't know. It's just been fun to watch the. We started playing when we were like twelve in a local Grand Rapids league, like wiffle ball tournament that we'd always play That's in. Cool. So yeah, it's just fun to see the evolution of it. It's funny to hear you call him Brendan and not Baron, like we all do. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Are you guys uh, yeah. related? Yes, we're cousins. First cousins. Second. Second cousins. Okay, that's kind of cool. Second cousins. Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Really? No, I didn't know that. Oh. I mean, maybe you told me and I forgot, but I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> That's funny. What? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously you're not new to wiffle ball, but you are new to MLW. Um, how would you just describe, you know, coming into the league and, and what maybe your expectations were before and um, how those have, you know, kind of changed? Definitely a surprise. I mean, like, like you said earlier, you watch the videos and you're, you kind of think, Oh, that doesn't look that bad. It's, you know, <laughs> you see these pitches and you're like, I've seen that. I've seen that pitch kind of before. And I, I've seen like minimally Brendan, like when we would play, I'm sorry, Baron. <laughs> you can call him Brendan. I'm just, it was just funny. Yeah. He would throw it, you know, he would throw from probably 42, 45 feet, somewhere around there. So then you get there. The speed limit being 72 is definitely deceptive because it feels like it's 90 miles an hour with pitches moving in ways that they shouldn't be moving. It's impossible. I mean, it's, 
it's just so hard. So just seeing, I think our first series was Gators. So just seeing even that first time of Gators pitching, seeing kind of a true, how the 38 feet, right? Yep. Yeah. 38 foot drop ball and sliders and just hard. It is difficult. Uh, no way to sugarcoat it. And I think I've been proven that and been humbled the last two series because, yeah, I went to Philadelphia and hit four home runs. I'm like, God, this, I felt like I could hit anything that day and then come back here to Michigan and I haven't been able to hit anything in the last six games I've played in. So it's difficult. I think, I don't know. I, I wonder how what the perception is of people. I know people on TikTok, like surface level fans of MLW who just like see the stuff and are exposed to it and aren't like really, really involved in the week to week content. I always see the comments like, yeah, I could hit this, blah, blah, blah. But I wonder what the general consensus is of the fans that watch versus stepping into the batter's box in MLW. I'm trying to think because, of course, I watch the videos too. I think reaction time is a little quicker than you'd think it'd be. I feel like watching it on camera versus actually being in the batter's box, it, it's way quicker. I feel like the ball gets on you so fast. And yeah. <clears throat> movement-wise, I think it's hard to... It's hard to describe a bit, but unlike a Jimmy Norp drop ball, for example, like the angle of the ball to the plate, to the zone, I should say, through the air is so difficult for you as a hitter swing path wise to like make solid contact on that ball. I think you it's hard. You saw me try to do it in the, in the video. Like I knew it was going to be a strike and I couldn't hit it. Yeah, I think it's hard to appreciate just because in baseball, yeah, curveball Curveballs move a ton. You know, major league pitchers can really spin it. But because of how much faster a baseball moves through the air and how much less drastic the movement is, like b- balls that are strikes in the in major league baseball are usually at least somewhat in your hitting zone. Yeah, if a pitcher's totally spotting up, like it's it's a little tough. But for the most part, you can read and react as a hitter, and it won't be like that much different of a swing. Whereas a dro- even a drop ball off the logo on our strike zone can be literally crossing the plate like at your neck, if not higher, and coming from your eyes. Like it's coming down so quickly. You know, the ball is moving mm-hmm. so fast and just over half the distance of, you know, major league pitching is from 60 feet, 60 feet and a half, and we're at 38 feet. So the ball is moving more in a shorter time span. So yeah, the balls that are crossing the plate as balls are pitches that you have to hit. So I think that's something that's a little bit hard to understand too. You can kind of tell sometimes from the little side angles we show at home plate, but sometimes you think that drop ball, you know, it's not like the drop ball off the strike zone just on a tee for you when it crosses the plate. It's at your eyes and you're trying to hit it. So that's tough. Yeah. I mean, to, to just add on to that, like having the angle from behind the plate, you don't always get to like, you don't get the best glimpse as to how late that movement really is. And the other thing is like, definitely, obviously pitchers in this league have, have really good control, but I think if you asked a lot of them, they would admit that, you know, the ball, the balls sometimes don't move how they thought it would, Mm -hmm. you know, either for good or for bad. And so a lot of times it's like, you, you might get three pitches where the pitcher throws the same pitch and it's like. It starts in the same spot. It's coming in at the same spot. And then at the very last second, it goes a completely different direction than the first two. And so when those when those ones end up in the video as like the strike three and it's like an obvious ball, it's like, what are you swinging at? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, well, I just saw that same pitch 
you know, hit, hit for a strike two times in a row. And then it does that late at the end and, you, and then you look like a fool. And so, I mean, I, I think that's like, that's part of it. Just kind of echoing what you said there, Tom, is how quickly and how, how quickly it can move, but also like the, the, how late it moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, back to you, AJ. I wanted to also ask you while we had you, uh, given that you're, you're somewhat of a reserved guy. Once again, once I got to know you, you're a little bit more talkative, but I wouldn't say you're the most like outgoing and burst of energy type dude in the room. Were you at all hesitant to come into MLW and join the magic, not knowing anybody else in the roster, you know, when you got that DM or call or whatever it was back this off season, um, was that something you jumped on right away or did you think about it a little bit? I think I had been approached a couple of years before about joining the league too. Okay. Um, and I had said, no, it wasn't, it just wasn't the right time or something, you know, just didn't want to do it at the time. So then this time around, I was kind of a, I thought I was going to have a lighter summer, but it ended up not being a lighter summer. Uh, and so I was kind of just like, why not? I mean, this isn't, you're not going to get this opportunity again. So, you know, Wolf wall. Why not just have fun with it? And are you happy with where you ended up? You like everybody on the magic and the vibe? Oh yeah. I mean it's 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 a straight up egoless team. I mean everyone is just there to top to bottom. And it's just great people. No one no one is there for you know, no one's mean. No one, <laughs> and that's goes for all of all of major league all of MLW. Like every every time you get to a, a series both teams introductions and how you doings and so it's it's yeah it's a nice it's a nice like community kind of yeah i would agree for sure definitely some definitely some friendly fellows in the league but on the magic specifically i mean i think rj is probably the nicest uh walking 15 year old now on the side of the mississippi and i don't think you could have a better mentor than grant you know grant's the nicest guy grant's gonna be a great dad and uh I just I, I enjoy everyone on the Magic's presence. I think it was fun to travel with you guys to St. Louis. What was that like, AJ? How do you think? What do you think, St. Louis? It was the. By the way, shout out to the, the Gateway Grizzlies. <laughs> that was an awesome, uh, awesome event. I wish we would have gotten to watch the baseball game. I know, me too. But uh, yeah, rain, rain ruined that. Um, that was a fun experience. I mean, definitely, kind of gives you a taste of kind of what it's like to be a you know in these pro sports leagues and kind of the the challenge of travel and and all that stuff but no it's fun because i got to go with obviously brennan and chris who i know some good cousin bonding some family bonding yeah (laughs) yeah uh yeah i don't not much else to say then it was a fun experience it was cool it was very cool to see the fandom i I was not i mean it was signing autographs for that many people kind of really brought it to light of even just in St. Louis, I yeah. guess, of how much people love this. I, I have to think that this Thanksgiving, MLW is going to be a major talking point amongst the, the family Thanksgiving between you, Chris, and Brendan. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of... they. Brendan texts me after every game. He always he always wants to get the lowdown on the series. He texts Grant, too, because they play together in uh, KWL. Mm-hmm. They play, play with each other. I don't know. <laughs> Not sure, but... <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah, he's always he's always interested to see how things go, and so yeah, cool. He loves it. That's I cool. Mean, he does love it. Let's get into the comment of the week this week. AJ, you're gonna love this one. I want your response asap. Uh, <laughs> it says, 
Is Ackerman's smile broken or is he just mad 100% of the time? <laughs> I smiled. You did. I got a picture of you smiling. <laughs> it's actually so weird. Like, in in non, like, competition, I'm, I, I will smile every, like, 10, 15 minutes. I love smiling. But for some reason, I don't know why, I just get into, like those those areas and i kind of just go go even keel i don't know i don't know if it's my my years of playing sports and being taught just to stay even you know the the classic don't go don't get too high don't get too low i, I don't know i don't know what it is i'm with you there i, I maybe i'm not because they see me smile in the intros a lot but i feel like if i was exclusively a player i think i'd be kind of known as a grump too to be honest with you i'm, I'm a pretty even keel guy as well I definitely know, like, in baseball, my parents always said, like, you look like you're mad out there. Like, you don't show any emotion ever. I'm just, I don't know. It's just how I play. <laughs> yeah. After, when I, after like, I get a hit or a strikeout, I do not. I get, I'm mad. Either way. I don't know why. I, w- I will say, um, to AJ's point, you know, on kind of staying balanced as, a, as an individual but as a team, uh, that's been a, a point for us this year just you know always emphasizing to each other um about staying balanced right and not getting too high or too low and uh just from looking at the team you know from a broader landscape i think aj uh whether he's he's trying to do it or not you know just always being um more calm and and reserved i think helps our team overall when we've we've got some guys like you know, myself, uh, Jordan, um, who can definitely get a little bit more energetic and, and amped up. Uh, so I, I think he, it works well and uh, definitely keeps us where we're supposed to be. And to add on to that, I mean, you look at the start of our season, we lost our first game 8 nothing or something like that. 8-1, yeah. 8-0. Yeah, I mean, we could have just kind of heads down, packed it up right there last place again but you know turned it around stayed stayed up yep. let rj uh take the mound i'm trying to think of who the most yeah. never look back who's the guy with the most smiles in the league i feel like brennan russell's up there when he hits a home run he's ear to ear around the bases i feel like he's the happiest guy out there <laughs> <laughs> except for uh, i will say though in philly when he homered he didn't look that happy i think he was upset that they lost the series and that we kind of poured it on a little bit but Usually, when he homers, he's smiling from ear to ear. I'm trying to think of who else comes to mind a little bit. Norp's a, Norp shows a lot of emotion. I wouldn't say it's smiling specifically. I feel like Russell's just pure happiness. Yeah, I, I was thinking of. Uh, I I feel like Jonah is like the same as AJ, where he's like Jonah's like always. I feel like when we're not playing, he's always smiling, and then once like the game turns on, he's just like so locked. Like you watch him, he hits a home run, he's just straight face every time yeah i think i think jonah is so more down than the people think he is i think he's a totally locked in guy i noticed this year and i did not notice it in the past three or four years whatever it's been he's been in the league but like they are such a superstitious bunch and they're such gamers i noticed when they do their coming down in between innings when they throw it down you know second base like it's a baseball game um every single time it's jonah standing there next to the strike zone and he goes shima coming down bro and he says it the same way every time coming down bro coming down bro and it just <laughs> once i noticed it then i couldn't unhear it in every inning then for five slates this year 
Uh, I just noticed it and I found it funny. I, I never brought it up to him, but I feel like they're just such a superstitious bunch. And I, I agree. Um, he's a business trip type of guy out there on the field. I think uh, I think just with how competitive the league is, man, you you can't you gotta you gotta be able to have fun, but you gotta be able to uh, to dial in for sure when when the time comes. That's what I was gonna say, Jack. I didn't bring this up when you talked about your recent success. Maybe this applies to you too, AJ. But I feel like for me watching you, I guess success does bring this. But I think since St. Louis, like you were hitting lefty and interacting with the fans, you've been playing pretty loose. I think that's helped yeah. you out a little bit. Yeah, I think so. And uh and um back on my comment about going back and watching some of the earlier series in the year, uh just watching myself l- looks like I'm like you said, kind of playing too tight, like pressing too much, trying a little bit too hard instead of, you know, the cliché term let the game come to you, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get you, you, it's true to a point, you know, you can't you can't go out there and take everything like you got to, you know, all of them take what the defense gives you like blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like you got to be able to go out there and, um, and stay relaxed. I've struggled with that term. I feel like my whole life, Jack, I don't really know where the balance is there, where you draw the line. Cause it's like, yeah, it goes for life. Like everyone's like, everything happens for a reason, whatever, whatever. But I feel like sometimes you do got to take it, Jack. Sometimes you do gotta go out there and get it a little bit. It's a balance. It's a balance for sure. But um, the great, the great athletes, I think that's that's why they are great is because they can master that. Um, they don't overextend themselves to mistakes, right? They they do what they're supposed to do a hundred percent of the time, and they let their <clears throat> they let their opponent make the mistakes. And uh, when you know when they see an opportunity to capitalize, you know they they execute like we've talked about, right? How important executing is right in in wiffle ball but in any sport and in life got to be able to recognize the opportunities before you can execute well said well said well aj any final thoughts from you on the series the season going into the playoffs you guys are the one seed let's be honest boys who do you want to face it could be any of the three teams everyone in the al still has life these next two series will tell us who makes it and where they're at but um who do you guys want to see who do you not want to see maybe in the al uh Give us anyone. Come on. Come on. There's the confidence. Give us anyone. Yeah. I mean, it's everyone's tough. It's three inning games, you know, one home run wins or loses games. Playoffs are always kind of uh, who knows, throw it up in the air. So, you know, we have confidence in, in our two, three pitchers who have done amazing all year. You know, Grant is always going to produce. The rest of us are heating up. So, it's just kind of we got to worry about ourselves. Be confident against whoever whoever faces us. Agreed. I think we take on anyone. Um, trying to be as honest as possible. I would say I think that the Wildcats uh, would probably be the toughest matchup for us. Okay. Um, Interesting. Just because I think I think Pearson, uh, you know, has been having a, a solid year on the mound as a number two. Um, and they just have, I know Sailor hasn't been having the year that, that he's expected and that they've expected of him, but I know he's still, he's still got that dog in him and that, that lineup is, is really a gauntlet. I mean, they're, they're, they just have a lot of experience now. Um, and so I think they, they, we'd probably match up against them the worst. I think, 
out of the teams in the AL. Not that I don't like that matchup, just out of the, the three teams, I think that we match up against them the worst. Okay, interesting. Well, for the record, if you guys want to wear this listening, they did beat all three of the AL teams this year in the regular season. Uh, the Cats series for you guys was 2-1, and the only game the Cats won was uh, the walk-off home run from Pearson. You guys took care of business yep. against the Cobras in St. Louis, two out of three, and then you swept the Preds on that very, very rainy day earlier this year. So you guys have done well so far against your AL opponents. Your only series loss has been against the D-backs without Grant Miller. So you get to lose a three-game series with Grant. So assuming Grant makes it for the playoffs, um, you got to like your odds. Like I said, I've had my doubts about you guys throughout the year, um, <laughs> specifically because of the offense. But uh, you have you have the tools, I think, to not only uh, win the pennant, but also get to the World Series. So... Wish you fellas the best of luck. You're a good bunch. Hard not to root for you guys. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Thank no you. problem. No problem. But thanks again, everyone, for tuning in this week. Coming up in the MLW calendar, uh, no real major announcements. Once again, we do have a World Series announcement coming in a couple weeks. And then we'll be at UIFs in York, PA again, October 7th and 8th. I think it is. Maybe the 6th is the Friday. But the information for that is on MLWWiffleball.com. We are going back to Houston, if you guys were unaware, uh, this winter season. I think it's the first or second weekend in December. I will be there for the Texas Rumble Tournament again in Conroe, Texas. So those are kind of the major things coming up. Uh, Once again, they'll be on the lookout for that World Series announcement. That's some big news for sure. Other than that, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Casey Bennett recently painted his chest for a Missouri football game. We will see you all next week.